Hello there, my name is Brad. We are continuing our grace teaching. We're talking about grace, uh, the great enemy, actually, uh, part three. And uh, we're going to get that grace perspective from this teaching. Uh, and so we do, uh, we talked about, in our second part, we talked about discerning our thoughts. And so if you missed that, go on back and check that out. Uh, we want to thank you for subscribing here and letting us be an encouragement to you. The accuser, Satan, the great enemy, that uh, the Apostle Peter is referring to when he says the great enemy is like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Uh, he condemns. He pronounces us guilty when we sin. Okay? So keep this in mind. The Apostle Paul said this, and this is a key verse we want to start with. Romans 8, 1 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Do you belong to Christ Jesus, folks? If you do, there is no guilt. Jesus took your guilt. He was judged for all your sins. Okay? He was punished. God is not angry. Something the Holy Spirit laid on my heart when I sinned really good as a believer in Christ. And uh, the Holy Spirit taught me that that I was loved unconditionally by our Heavenly Father. And this had nothing to do with performance or behavior. And so that's why my curiosity uh, drove me to do this teaching. And so... The accuser, Satan, the great enemy, uses false guilt, guilt, uh, false guilt feelings. Okay, so keep that in mind. The accuser, Satan, the great enemy, gives thoughts to our minds. Okay, for an example, I was working at a place called Freedom Plaza, and uh, when I uh, was fired one day by a new manager that came in. Uh, something I said was, I can't believe how bad this is. You know, this led to a downward spiral. And notice the I there, the I. We talked about that in part two, where uh, the great enemy, the messenger of Satan, keeps a low profile by injecting thoughts into the mind with first-person singular pronouns. And I was one of them. Okay, and so right there in that statement, I said, I can't believe how bad this is. After all, I had, you know, rent and uh, I, I was on, in a lease in my apartment and, you know, what am I going to do? And uh, I did a downward spiral and, uh, you know, I didn't get out of there uh, overnight. It took a while to get out of that downward spiral. And so, remember, God always has a plan, uh, and we don't want to choose downward. I'm a victim in this, because whenever something bad happens that we see, you know, it might look bad to us, the circumstance, even our own foolish choices, but even when we don't make foolish choices and bad things do happen, we have to remember not to choose downward 
I'm a victim. We choose up. God has a plan. Okay? And so the accuser, Satan, the great enemy, he'll persuade, entice, and tempt us. And the way he did Adam and Eve in the garden, the only thing that he wanted them to do is live independent. And so what he'll do is he'll get us off of trusting Christ and leaning on our own understanding. So we don't want to lean on our own understanding, do we? We want to put our confidence in Christ and trust in him. Okay? Now the accuser, Satan, the great enemy, he'll portray God as an unfair tyrant. Okay, the accuser, Satan, the great enemy, he'll promote, he promotes terror of God. Remember to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Okay? The Holy Spirit is in us to teach us everything we need to know. Also, the Holy Spirit is in us to convict us of our right standing with God, our Father. Okay, remember, because of what Jesus did for us, he died for us so he could give his life to us, so he could transmit his life through us. So, folks, in Christ, we are always right with God. That's peace with God. We're always at peace with God, regardless of performance or behavior. So don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Take those thoughts captive and thank Jesus for what he did for you and for who you are in him. Go to the Father and thank him that he loves you unconditionally. Okay? But, the you know, the world, now the Holy Spirit is in the process of convicting the world of their unpardonable sin, which is what? Unbelief. John 16, verse 8 and 9. Okay? So take a look at that. And the Holy Spirit will convict the body of Christ uh, again of our righteousness in Christ. The word righteousness... Uh, we get the Greek word dikaios, and it means to be right with God. Okay? So, remember, the Holy Spirit gives thoughts, too, to our minds. Uh, an example of that would be, who are you? Who are you? And then I recognize anyone in Christ is a new creature. All things passed away. Behold, all things become new. I am no longer in Adam, sinner. I'm in Christ, child of God, new creature in him. Remember, the Holy Spirit will persuade us as well. Okay, and this is something he actively does. The Holy Spirit persuades the yielded believer, okay, as well. Remember that... Uh, to all who believed in him, to those who accepted him, Jesus Christ, God, give us the right to be called children of God. Romans 8.14 says, Now, as children of God, we are led by the Spirit. Folks, we don't have to ask the Holy Spirit to lead us. I used to think so. I used to get up every morning and say, Holy Spirit, will you lead me today as God's child? I don't want to muck it up. Okay, I don't want to mess this up. And I would be sincere about it, but I realize that anybody uh, who is led by the Spirit is a child of God. And so, again, take a look at that, Romans 8:14, uh, Galatians 5:18 says that uh, 
we're led by the Spirit and no longer under the law. And so what that means, it's no longer about trying. We're not rule-keeping. We're not focused on the rules and the regulations and our behavior and our performance. No, we're not trying to live the Christian life. We're not trying to gut it out and do our best. No, we're trusting and put our confidence in the Spirit to lead us and guide us to do what's right, to act consistent with who we really are. In conclusion to part three, the Holy Spirit portrays God as a loving dad. Isn't that nice that we can go to our Heavenly Father and say, Daddy, Daddy, Father. You know, when a little child falls down, when he's learning how to walk, a loving dad will pick him up and brush his butt off, brush the dust off and let him try it again. That's what our Father does with us. He lets us try it again, fall forward. You know, when you're learning how to walk as a little child, they just get up and try it again, okay? So the Holy Spirit will promote intimacy with Christ. Something the Holy Spirit does in us is teaches us why we're in Christ and why he's in us, okay? So remember, because of what Jesus did, we're lovable. That's our identity. And Christ's identity is loving. Christ is in us, loving us unconditionally. Okay? Romans 7, 4. In conclusion to part 3, Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. Folks, many, many uh, churchianity, and I, when I say churchianity, I'm talking about the main majority of uh, the church uh, believe that our wedding is in heaven, and they'll take you to Revelation. But can I just tell you that the Holy Spirit uh, will teach us that our marriage was at conversion. We're actually the bride of Christ at conversion, and he's our spiritual husband. And he loves us unconditionally. Now, this might be really hard to grasp if we don't have the revelation of this. But I do want to say that, uh, you know, in that scripture, Romans 7, 4, the Apostle Paul says, uh, we're married to another. See? See the relationship there? It's not about religion anymore, folks. It's about a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. This has been part three of The Great Enemy. Stay tuned for part four. God bless.